Wonder Bar. This list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. It sucks. What's up? What's up, everybody? I think your Wonder Bar made it onto the uh, onto the actual recording. So Hot it'll dog. be Wonder Bar and then the theme <laughs> song this time. Maybe that'll we'll make that a new thing. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. We'll come up with some new um, kitschy, bizarre adjective at the beginning of every For show. For each show. Yeah. It's just going to be like the pressure's building over the over the weeks and months as we have to just come up with another. I mean, we're going to be hitting up the dictionary big time because we're going to go through them all pretty quickly. I know. At least all the exciting ones. The good ones, yeah. yeah. The good ones will go by fast, but then we'll have to dig up more and more bizarre and find ob- older and older obtuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to This List Sucks. I'm JB. Hey, I'm Mike. Um, we are um, doing a show where we go through the Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, the 2020 edition, <laughs> and we are rapidly approaching the halfway mark. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool because we're getting into weeks where most weeks there's, man, there's really good music. Yeah. I mean, most it has weeks. me just excited for like the top hundred. Imagine how good that's going to be every week, you know, or it's going to be m- even more polarizing, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. Because there, I mean, there's absolutely going to be stuff ba- just based on this week alone. There's going to be stuff in there that I disagree with. Yeah. No doubt about it. Pretty easily. Um, but so I take it based on our previous conversation that you have not listened to the new Adele record. No, yep, I did not listen to it. I've been how'd like you, a total. I've been a total slacker with new music lately. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm just not. I just haven't been checking it out, and that's my own fault. And I'm I'm paying the price because I I did hear some good things about the, the Adele. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, liked it a lot. I already bought the vinyl. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> yeah. Did you buy it in store? Or did you order it? No, I I stopped into a vinyl cup. Stopped in a vinyl cup Saturday afternoon and I picked up some other really good shit too because I was there actually looking for Casey Musgraves. Uh huh. So I got Casey Musgraves. Old, the one on the list this week? Yeah. Okay. Dude, I, <laughs> I can't, it's I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that record. Um, conservatively speaking, since we started this week, there's no way that I haven't listened to this record at least 10 times. Wow. And it, but think about it. I spent a lot of time in the truck. That's true. Right. Yeah, easy I, to just pop it on. And yeah. I, I mean, I had 32 hours of road time and just going down to Texas, I listened to it probably three times, you know, throughout the day of driving. Um, but yeah, I picked up Casey Musgraves, the new Adele, and then used, I found um, Brothers and Sisters by the Almond Brothers, which I didn't cool. have. Um, I found the Grease soundtrack, which by far and away my favorite musical. And so picking that up on vinyl was spectacular. Do you have any other musical, just random question, yeah. uh, musical vinyls? Um, no, I don't think so. I've got Jesus Christ Superstar for some reason. That's, <laughs> I was digging through a bin one time and I was it was pretty early in my vinyl collection. It was like, I feel like early... Early on, you pretty much will just buy whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now, I'm a little bit more selective about what I, what I get when I go through. But at the beginning, I was like, well, I'm stocking up my collection. I need one of those, and I need that, and I need that. And, and I you, saw the Jesus Christ Superstar, and I was like, yep. Sold. Book it. You, <laughs> you need know? it, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. And the number of times I listened to that is, I think, one. <laughs> you know what's funny is as soon as I got home from the record store, the very first album that I put on was the Grease soundtrack. It's li- wow! It, it's so even Grease, before Casey. Grease is easily a top five movie for me. 
Like that's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Wow. And so when I saw it, I did, I, it was one of those records that I never thought that I would want to buy. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, fuck, I have to have this. Just clicked. Yeah. This wasn't, I want to buy it. This was, I need this. This was, I cannot physically leave this building without. (laughs) And the last thing that I picked up, because I was just going to buy those four records. But then as I was walking up to the front, Luke is sitting there and he's marking up on a record. Do you know what record he was marking up? Mm -mm. No, you don't. Russ never sleeps. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. cool. Neil Young. Yeah. Um, and that, that was, was a live one. Yeah, that was awesome. the one. Remember, that was the one that the the A side is acoustic. Yeah. I think, and then the B side is electric. So that's the one with Albuquerque, right? I'm pretty sure that's on there. Um, was I think it? that might be the only recording of that is the live version. I uh, yeah, you might be right. I'm trying to remember because that's the one with the bookend tracks. Where there, it's like it's like an A and a B of a song. They're like opposite names. Yeah, to they're each like, other, yeah, right? they're like opposite yeah. names to each other. And um, and it was, I listen, I really liked that. You know, that was one of those that I discovered from the list that I was just like, man, this is this is really good. You know, and so when I saw it there, it was awesome. It was awesome to pick it up. Nice. So thirty by Adele. So she names all her records by how old she is, right? So far, that's what she has. Yes, that's what she's been doing. She's done every time. Um, yeah. Cool. Did you see anything else that came out? Um, a couple other things of note. No. Uh, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss did their second album together. Oh, yeah. That was last week. Yeah, that was last week. I haven't listened oh, to it yet, though. Yeah, that was... Yeah, this past Friday. Yeah. Like like a couple days ago. Yep. Um, I listened to their first one. It's really good. Do you like it? Yeah. Not bad at all. I mean, I like Alison Krauss's voice, so I'm pretty much going to be happy with whatever she does. Um, Robert Plant's kind of tough for me at this point. At this age, yeah. It's yeah. not, yeah, but but Alison Krauss kind of does it. And then there's a new Snoop Dogg album. Did you, did you catch that? I saw it. Didn't, uh, didn't venture down that road. Has Mary J. Blige on it? It's been a hot minute since I've listened to... To any Snoop Dogg yeah. releases, yeah. Well, I mean, I've listened to Snoop Dogg releases, but they're not new Snoop Dogg releases. Right, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. And then hot there's minute. a new Brian Wilson album. I'm not going to check that one out. No, hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> hard pass. God, we... Yeah, we've been really hating on the Beach Boys here. <laughs> I don't... I don't... <laughs> I just hate the albums that I've been forced to listen to. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the Beach Boys albums. We're gonna like Pet Sounds when we come to it, but yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna stand by what I've always said, and that the Beach Boys should have Endless Summer, and Endless Summer should be pretty high on this list. Probably like, I don't know, about this, about this time. If you put it at 280, I'd kind of be okay with that because that spans like all of their surf rock, and and it condenses it all into one sitting. Every song is enjoyable. And it's really good. It served a purpose in the history of music. Yeah. And then if you want to throw pet sounds on there, that's <laughs> that's fine with you. I, guess. I, mean, I bet it's going to be like top 10. So. I think it's top five. It it's might probably be fucking yeah. number three or number two. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm already like, oh, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully when I get to it, I listen to it. And when I say, okay, I've never listened to that record like that before. It changed my life. Maybe. Yeah. With that level of attention. Maybe it will. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it, will. it will. It's going to be your favorite record of all time. Probably not. <laughs> Okay. Have you picked up any new vinyl? No, I actually haven't been to the record shop in like a month now. I don't know yeah. what's been going on with me. I've been super busy, but uh, that's how I was too. I hadn't gone in a long time, but now yeah. I've gone. In, I've gone a few weeks. So I've been getting jealous seeing all your good finds though, and and our friend Justin, production manager, who has not 
been managing much production lately. I guess. I mean, he's been managing more beer yeah. than he has anything else. <laughs> so. Yeah, especially today. He's on vacation. Yeah. But, uh, so we'll give him a pass on that. But uh, yeah, he's he's been picking up, a, been lot picking up a lot of good stuff yeah. though, and he's been finding it in the used bins over there too. Yeah, for really sure. Great shit out of the used bins. So I'm gonna make it back. Maybe I'll make it back this week. Actually, yeah, that sounds like a good plan for the weekend. Remember, it's Black Friday Record Store Day. Oh yeah, that is true. Now. Don't get too excited because we all looked at that drop list and we were all like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there was like one or two things that I was interested in though. So I'll, I'll pop in there. It's a good excuse to get in the door though. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Cool. Well, you want to dive back in? Fuck yes, please. Cause I desperately want to talk about a lot of these, a lot of this stuff. Yeah. There was some, there was some heat for this week for sure. Absolutely. I'm excited to see which ones you think. Yeah, are the best ones. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) the most smokiest heat. That's right. Yep. You want to read two seventy? Yes, please. Okay. So number one this week, uh, we're going to be talking about Casey Musgraves' two thousand eighteen record, Golden Hour. Rolling Stone says on this album, Casey Musgraves became Nashville's most compelling crossover star since Taylor Swift, where she sings about acid trips, homesickness, and falling wildly in love with the witty precision of her earlier small town polemics, but on a much bigger scale. Golden Hour's lush yacht yacht country production re-envisioned what millennial pop might sound like. Quote, I've always loved Sade, but I also love Dolly Parton, Casey uh, Musgraves said. I thought there's got to be a world where all these things can live together. She found it. Fuck yeah, she did. In every way, too. Which song is about an acid trip? Do you know? So actually, um, so she so she was experimenting with psychedelics with Wayne Coyne, of oh, all cool. people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's gonna be a shaman for to take you on like your LSD trips, I would yeah. die for it to be Wayne Coyne. He's done the experimenting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows what to do. He knows where to take you. So slow burn. She wrote that song while she was tripping, and she also said that she wrote Mother while she was tripping as well. That's cool. But she makes reference to it in uh, um, oh, what a, oh, What a World. She makes reference to like plants that can expand your mind, basically. Okay, yeah. Actually, I remember that. No, yeah. Now that you say that. Yep. Um, so you were a big fan of, of this record or of Casey Musgraves in general, right? But yeah. maybe not as much specifically this one. But yeah. Now, th- so yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, she was always compelling to me and I'd probably listen to this record three times just at different periods, putting it on kind of as background music. Cause it's really easy to listen to. And her voice is, yeah, it is. it's just like, it, she's got enough of a twang to her voice, but it's not overly country but it has country sentiments to it if that makes sense do you like her voice as much as taylor swift's yeah for sure i probably prefer casey Musgraves. i was, I was trying was, that's what i was trying to decide i think i maybe do too just because it's easier yeah if that makes sense taylor swift is fun because she writes really really catchy tunes these are um Easily accessible, but far more thoughtful. They're not nearly as hooky and like uh, like formulaic, yes. you know, and like a pop, like like a lot of Taylor songs, even if she's writing them, which she, she, I don't know, she doesn't write all of them, right? She definitely like works with some other, some other writers. She works with people, but she has writing she credits has, on she basically has, everything. She has a hand, yeah, which yeah, is, she I has a hand on everything she's ever done. As many as she wrote, I mean, they could they come across as like you know, songs that are written by one of those like songwriting think tanks, you know, like like that write that write for 
hundreds of for artists. mass audience just to grab yeah. onto as many people's brains as you can yeah. um in a good way because they fucking work you know but this like you said a little more thoughtful that's a good way to put it yeah i mean and not that taylor swift isn't like taylor swift has lots of really really good songs but she's also more willing to do very tongue-in-cheek songs yeah where mm. it's just kind of a wink and a smile and Casey Musgraves, I don't think, I don't ever get the feeling that her songs are a wink and a smile. Like, no. I feel like it's a window into her fucking soul. Yeah. You know? Like, She's it's really, real. really thoughtful. Yeah. Definitely. So, fuck. I mean, this is this is one of those records that it is starred to fucking death. I have quite a few stars, too. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Slow Burn, right off the bat, that was a four star for me. Uh, I, I loved put, that one. I gave it three. but. Nice fucking yeah i it's perfect you know what i mean it's yeah yeah it's just a great song it's a great tune i mean i loved um i loved the when the drums like drop in on that one that yes. that, that that just is such a serves as such a great intro to the album because it starts off like you get kind of the full spectrum because it's not all like country i mean it's country influence but it's like um there's a kind of a wide variety of genres that she kind of goes through you know even like it's a little electronic at times absolutely yeah you can hear the electronica you know they call it what do they call it yacht country and and that i mean there's a lot of synth lines in this that are just kind of spectacular synth lines there's songs with banjo like soft banjo plucking and the banjo texture is phenomenal but it's not overtly country like you were saying no it's, it's tasteful such a weird... banjo usage <laughs> yeah <laughs> linda Brundis would not agree she's listening right now or stop she oh she so like you know she hates no I matter hate, what banjo you know my unnecessary harmonica thing she started the unnecessary uh banjo unnecessary banjo thing yeah I, listen linda i'm super curious if you think that this is unnecessary banjo on any of this record yeah i really want to know if you think it's totally unnecessary because really, i love the layer yeah, it's really sparse. It's like it, it'll pop in just as an extra texture, yes. like to make us make a section pop a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I actually like it here for sure. Um, some other tunes that I really loved. I really loved "Oh What a World." That was the one with like the techno vocoder voice at the beginning. Yes. Yep. Um, super fun. I loved "Mother." I mean, that song is is something special. It's a it's, little piano ballad. It's like a minute long. Yeah, it's really beautiful though. Yeah, like really, really beautiful. Which ones did you like? Um, some of your favorites five stars for lonely weekend like i fucking love lonely weekend so much um man the chord changes her vocals there's this little synth solo that goes off in the beginning and it's just yeah texturally i love it it's beautiful great hook on that yeah butterflies is a spectacular song and that is one of those songs where you get that textured banjo uh-huh. where yeah. it's just like really softly plucked banjo and <laughs> it's so good. That had another great like synth line on it. Yes. That was, that's kind of right off the bat. I think yep. that's how the song started. Yeah. The way she delivers her lines too is really unique to me. And she, she, she nails it, dude. She nails her delivery. And I don't know how to describe it outside of the lyrics match flawlessly with the emotion that I feel she's trying to convey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really good. Space Cowboy. I loved, I gave that, loved that five one. song five stars. That I was gave, a three star for me, but I, I loved it. I gave high horse five stars. That was so dancey and it was that so That one is super fun. fun. Yep. Yeah. That, that's definitely great. I loved uh happy and sad. I did too. That one kind of gave me like Lucinda Williams vibes. 
Okay. Um, I remember on that one, I was reading through the Wikipedia page on like the personnel list for that song. It said some guy's name and then in quotes or his instrument was dolphin magic. So what the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Did you, did you look that up? I don't think there's any looking it up. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll pull it up and see, uh, Maybe you should watch the first five YouTube videos that come up after typing in Dolphin Magic. Dolphin Magic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm pulling it up right now just to like verify that it wasn't like a one-off thing that somebody changed or something. Yeah, so it says Sean Everett, track eight, Dolphin Magic. That was what his instrument. <laughs> if anybody can shed light on Dolphin Magic We'd love to hear us. more about that because, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear more music with Dolphin Magic. Um, four stars, Golden Hour at the end of the record is just beautiful. Like, it's a huge change of pace, but it it was like the perfect juxtaposition for me with High Horse because High Horse felt like this wild dance party. And then you get this, yeah, just this nice kind of opposite view. Yeah. And I wrote that there was like almost no element of country to that song the way I remembered it. It's, it's like a soul pop yeah. kind of tune. Um, I loved the last track. I gave that one four stars, Rainbow. I did too. I put three stars next to that. Gorgeous piano ballad to kind of close off the thing. And I just, yeah, beautiful, very well written track. And it's funny the way this book ends because when you listen to it on vinyl, Mother is the piano ballad that closes out the A side and then Rainbow does the exact same thing on Perfect. the B side. It's I just, love it. it's really thoughtful. The whole, yeah. the whole fucking thing, you know? Um, what, okay, so... Yeah, I just bought it. <laughs> I had to own it on vinyl, so I bought it on a vinyl. I added it to my digital because I've already listened to it a ton, and I and I will keep going back to it. This is like a palate cleanser type of record for me. It just feels good. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, I'll get it on vinyl if I come across it. Probably, yeah, and and I'll listen to it again. Absolutely. This has to be the only Casey Musgraves on the list. Yeah, I would assume. Yep be interested to see like what they think about the new record. Like if they did this list again in a couple of years, if, if, if that if it gets make any it love, on or, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting because the new record is even more of a pot of like just a straight up pop record relative to this one. Gotcha. So, so she's going full T Swift basically with her transition. And yeah. With her transition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you want? To, what do you think about the placement though? And keep this in mind. <laughs> it was 2018. This fucking yeah. thing's only three years old. Yeah, it's brand new. Yeah. I think I would, at this point in time, probably drop it down a little bit. Ooh, where? Oh, wait. So, okay. Go ahead. To where? Maybe like 100 spots down somewhere, but like in the in the upper 300s. In the upper 300s? Yeah. Is that just because of its newness? <sighs> yeah, probably. And like... I do have to say, like, I really loved, like, Lucinda Williams when we came across her. I wasn't really familiar with her at that time, and I would probably put that higher than this. Mm. So that's just, like, my thing I'm thinking of comparing it to, and that was pretty low. It was. Yeah. Man, that was 400s, right? Yeah, although I don't want to put this that low. That low, yeah. yeah. But does that mean that you would move Lucinda Williams up that high? I would high? move her higher, yeah. I don't know if this high, that's the thing. Like, I'd probably move her up a little bit higher, but keep these... Down in that kind of range. Well, where do you want it? You want to move it higher? You know what? Maybe not on this list, but I think as this thing ages, I think this album is going to age incredibly well. 
Does that make sense? I totally believe it. And that's kind of why I said th- at this point in time, you know, it's like, like a lot of these newer ones is too early to tell. I think it's crazy to put a record that's two or three years old in like the top half nearly. I mean, it's not quite there, but you know. it's pretty close. But I also, it wouldn't surprise me if they do this list again. I don't know. I guess they're doing it about once every five years or so. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if in five years from now, this is closer to 200. And maybe passes, wow. maybe gets, like, it should be somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, Coat of Many Colors, which I know we're coming up on in a couple of weeks with Dolly Parton. Uh-huh. So it's in the right spot, but maybe on the wrong side. So if Dolly Parton's going to be at 250, maybe this winds up at 225 or 250. Wow, higher than Dolly Parton, huh? Yeah. Cool. Well, because I, I, would... I think it's more adventurous than Dolly Parton. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the way that she's, man, she's doing a lot. She's blending a ton of fucking musical genres on this. Yeah. And I mean, as much as she's doing that, also they're just good songs. They're well-written. Like yeah. the, the simplicity is the aspect is there too, but in a good way. You know? yeah. 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 It's definitely an additive simplicity. It doesn't, it's not a detracting simplicity. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I, but we will see. Yeah. Yeah. This I adore be, it. I, I like it too a lot. I absolutely I was, adore it. I'm going to check out her other stuff now. Cause this was, I mean, I listened to like a couple Casey Musgraves tunes when she was, when it was announced that she was coming to the festival here. Hinterland. Uh, yeah. Hinterland. Yeah. And, um, but that's really the extent of my knowledge of her. And now this one, which I didn't listen to 10 times, but I listened to it probably four times through. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a relatively quick listen. I think 40 or 43 minutes and it's really good. Yeah. But very I good. mean, we got more to talk about. We do have a lots more. Yeah. Should we should move on. Please. Two sixty nine <laughs> is our first Kanye West record. <laughs> Finally, I feel like we need a fucking siren button on there or something. Okay, go ahead. Whenever I was, <laughs> I just started pushing random okay. buttons and hoping one of them was a one, was a fucking impactful. Was a whoop whoop siren. We didn't yeah, get it. We didn't it's get all it. Right. Well, anyway, sorry guys. We'll welcome, work on that. Yeah, welcome to Kanye. <laughs> Our first Kanye. We've been we've been talking about this for a while because we've talked about how crazy it is that Kanye West has six fucking albums <laughs> on this list, and they're nearly all in the top half. I mean, this is two sixty nine, and this, this is, is our first one. one. Yeah. We probably won't get one before two fifty. I don't know for sure. I, I, have you looked ahead? No, we don't get another one before two fifty. No. So the rest are in the top half. <laughs> And this is close enough. Might as well be. Yeah. So here we are. Yeezus yep. from 2013. No one's near doing what he's doing, said Lou Reed. It's not even on the same planet. When the guy who made White Light, White Heat, see number 272 from last episode also, is complimenting your hate-caked noise assaults, you're doing something right. <laughs> Kanye West channeled his ever-darkening megalomania into the violent minimalism of on-site and the pummeling pestilence of I am a god. He goes out with the maximalism of blood on the leaves, flipping a sample of Nina Simone's version of Strange Fruit into an engulfing vision of asshole rock star hell. <laughs> Jesus That is Christ. a hell of a description. Whoever wrote that deserves a raise. <laughs> Man, I mean, that's a wild description. It's not, it's not wrong outside of, well... Hate caked. I mean, really? Did you think it was hate caked? Uh, I think he's aggressive on this one. He's aggressive as fuck, but you know? I don't know that. I, I don't know that it's hateful aggression. Yeah, Does that make sense. Yeah, it doesn't really. He's not like targeting any one person no. or group. 
for the no. most part. So hate caked is a strong word, but I mean it's. I think what they're trying to say is that he's aggressive and mad, and it's coming through in, in the in his production and his rapping. You know, he's highly critical of a lot of shit. Yeah, on this, you know, sure. like even of like black culture, right? Like if you think about a song like New Slaves, that song is fucking crazy. Yeah. And that's being super, super critical of what people were doing around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think of it as hate cake, though, because I don't think it's necessarily coming out of a spot of hate. I just think that it's coming out of, like, he's passionate. <laughs> passionate cake. Passion caked noise assault. Passion caked noise assault. <laughs> Dude, th- I love this. This is, this to me is criminally low, and it's the second best album that Kanye has. Second it, best behind Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, right? That's right. Yeah. It should be one of three Kanye records on this list. Beautiful Dark and Graduation? Yes. Okay. Gradu- My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Graduation, and Jesus. Those should In that be order? The- no. It should have- no, the order for me would be okay, My Beautiful Dark second. Twisted Fantasy, yeah. Jesus, and then Graduation. Yeah. I can see that. So do you happen to know, is Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy the top one on the list? I don't know. You don't know that. Okay. It, it should be. <laughs> yeah. I agree that it should That's be. That's my prediction. I And I, I think they'll get that one right. I think I they will too. Yeah. I don't think they'll put anything higher than that. And that's correct. And it should be really high on the list. It's it's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time to me. Yeah. You think top 50? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I would hope so. I, I think it would have to be because otherwise they're just going to be grouped so closely together at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It would be. But this record is fucking... It's phenomenal. It's it's like no other hip-hop record I think ever made. Yeah. Yeah. The production is really, really interesting. Um, like lyrically, like, like you were saying, you just gave one example, but I mean, Kanye has the k- killer lyrics anyways, you know? Yeah. And this one is just particularly... It's particularly wild. Right. Um, I mean, there's a number of them that stand out. Um, I'm going to fuck your Hampton spouse. <laughs> Come on her Come Hampton, on her Hampton blouse. <laughs> in her Hampton mouth. In your Hampton house. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And I mean, okay, that's hate caked. I get it. Okay. okay yeah. Writer, you win. They're definitely hate caked. But, um, but the way that he uses the absence of noise followed by insanely aggressive beats not boom bap type of beats that you're accustomed to hearing in hip-hop this sounds like trent reznor this is not like groove beats at all no you know they're like you said trent reznor that's a good very industrial industrial very much super industrial sounding beats and And you don't get that in hip-hop anywhere yeah and beyond like the beyond the uh Beyond just the beats, like the accompaniment to the beats, like like the synth uses, like the lots the of sirens, yeah, and uh, like air horn sounds. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's loud. Wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like so, like so loud and aggressive and constant that you might be curious if it wasn't going to work, but it it does work. And <laughs> then know? he'll go from that and he'll drop into like this really grainy sounding soul record that will play out the end of a song. Like on the very first song. Yes. Yeah, on On Sight. Exactly. Then he does that on Bound 2 at the very end as, as well. Yep. Um, what were your favorite tracks? Oh, man, I loved On Sight right away. Lo- yep. Loved the way it dropped into it. And just that, that such a simple like hook, but the On Sight. Like, mm-hmm. It just sounds so good. You, you just want to sing along to that. I loved Black Skinhead right away off, off that one. 
Um, although I do have a beef with the lyrics because he kept saying 300 just like the Romans. Just like the Romans. But yeah. that was not the fucking Romans. They were Spartans. That was, kind of that was Greeks. Yeah, that yeah. was Spartans. <laughs> um, but it sounded better to say Romans. <laughs> so um, I loved that one. I loved, I liked Hold My Liquor. Man, okay, so I so I was doing my listening to this record with Mikey because I was down in Texas when I was doing this listen. And Mikey and I, um, in fact, he, I told him, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting ready to do Casey Musgraves and then I'm going to do Kanye. And he goes, oh, you're doing Jesus? And I was like, yeah. He goes, when you get done, we need to talk. And so he literally came out after I did all of my reviewing of it and we bickered back and forth about like how to st- like why I only gave this one this many stars. Why I only gave that one that many stars. I gave hold my liquor two stars. Cause I like it. Like that's literally the, <laughs> I gave it three. That's the only song on this record that I didn't give at least three stars to. Wow. Yeah. I loved I'm in it. Fuck I like that one too. That was a two star for me one though, but I did love the way he did his vocals on that one with like the monster voice yes. underneath. Yeah, exactly. Blood on the Leaves, five stars. That song is, it's it's one of the greatest songs I think Kanye has ever made. Blood on the Leaves is my only five star on yeah. this album. Is it your only one? Yes, yeah. that's my only five star. But four stars for Black Skinhead. Four for, or four no, for Black Skinhead. I take that back. I gave New Slaves five stars. New Slaves is fucking ridiculous, dude. I gave it three. And I loved it. I loved it a lot. So um, ridiculous. The, the ones that I had given like four or more. So I gave Black Skinhead four. Mm-hmm. I gave Blood on the Leaves four. And I gave Bound two. Or I gave Blood on the Leaves five, rather. And I gave Bound two four. Dude, I also gave Bound two four. And it's funny because... Do you remember that fucking video? Um, Did you ever see that video? Yeah. Yeah. It I'll was look. a terrible fucking video of him and him Kardashian, of Kim Kardashian on yep. that stupid fucking motorcycle in front of a green screen. And it's funny because for the longest time, I never really listened to Bound 2 a lot because it just made me think about that dumb fucking music video (laughs) and I got mad about it. That is a fucking fantastic song. I love like whatever that band that band is. That's a sample, I assume. Like that's forming. It sounds like some kind of like soul band from 30 years ago or something or longer than that at this point. Yeah. But uh, it was a perfect backdrop for, for his rapping. I completely agree. Like it's just beautiful. Um, send it up three stars guilt trip three stars i am a god three stars on site three stars i mean this is yeah. just it's blood on the leaves though is definitely one of his greatest songs and just that song strange fruit man that is like one of the most impactful disturbing songs that i've ever heard i mean i'd never like you knew that song before yeah. this right yeah absolutely. yeah uh, yeah me too and that's like Rarely have I like felt more than listening to that. Like that song is like disturbing to listen to. It is. <laughs> and the way that he cut that sample and the way that he uses it in blood on the leaves with that beat. Yeah. Because you get this Nina Simone in the top of it and you're like, Hmm, cause it's really eerie. And if you know the song, then you know what she's saying. And the way that he, the way that he cut that sample he almost like tweaks her voice a little bit and he intentionally uses a recording from 1965, like way after Nina Simone's prime, quite frankly, you know, like, cause she recorded this album when she was much younger, you know, but, yeah. um, but man, it's so creepy. And at the end of that last sample of her, where she's talking about bodies swinging from the poplar trees, mm-hmm. this beat that comes in is 
it's got to be one of the most jarring fucking beats on this entire record. Yeah. It's just this. And it's formed by like horns. It sounds like it's low horns. I assume it's like, it's like synths, but it's like yeah. their, the, their patch that they're using is like a low horn, like a, like a it's, euphonium can like boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. And just really full and loud and aggressive. Yeah. I, I just wrote, this song is everything I love about Kanye. I wrote on, on blood on the leaves, you know, yeah. it just had all those things. I like to me one of the things that I wrote is that there's no other beat drop to me that I can remember that I can think of off the top of my head that drops like that beat does. Yeah. And I've seen Kanye perform that song twice live and you want to talk about a fucking crowd getting hyped. Like yeah. when that Nina Simone sample starts cuz that's the start of the song. Everybody knows what's coming and the crowd goes You've shit. seen Kanye twice live? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Bonnaroo once. So I'm at Bonnaroo once, and then um, I went to a standalone show. Now I've seen him three times because I went to a standalone <laughs> show in Washington, D.C. on the. Um, what tour was that? Um, I don't, man, whatever came out after Yeezus, whatever release was after Yeezus, that was the tour. And then we saw him again on that same tour up in Minneapolis. Wow. I bet that's amazing. He puts on a f a really really phenomenal show. Those tours that the the shows that we saw in DC and the show that we saw in Minneapolis, he had a platform that was on like steel cords and the platform would literally run across the top of the floor and it was all general admission underneath. So there was this giant pit underneath him and he was on this platform that was just hovering about 10 feet over the crowd. Weird. Yeah. Were you it down was, there? No, 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 no. I was up in the stands. Because that show was, it was much better from the 100 seats, you know, because you could actually see what was going on. Those yeah, that's what I was Poor bastards think. on the floor were just looking at the bottom of a platform. Couldn't even see Kanye at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unless exactly. you're off to the side. Unless you're off to the side. Yeah. But it was, yeah, really, really dope. That's amazing. Well, and then I'm I also saw him at Bonnaroo where he shits the bed. That's all that dude does at Bonnaroo. He just plays terrible shows. Okay. Like on accident? No, 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 intentionally, because there's like this super antagonistic relationship between the Bonnaroo crowd and Kanye, because the very first time Kanye played a Bonnaroo, he was supposed to go on at two o'clock in the morning, but Pearl Jam played like a four hour set that they didn't even start until midnight. And they played until four, four thirty in the morning. Then a half hour later, it's now five o'clock in the morning. Kanye was supposed to play three hours ago and he comes out and he's pissed and he shits the bed, doesn't even play a whole set, gets pissed off and leaves the stage. And wow. so the crowd fucking hated it. And basically it turned into this big thing where a lot of years the crowd would just start chanting, fuck Kanye, like out of nowhere. When Kanye is not even playing at the festival. It was a very bizarre. That's a tough one, man, because it is kind of fucked up to play two to play hours past when you're supposed to. I mean, there's a big difference between going on at 2 a.m. and going on at nearly 5 a.m. Correct. Like, if I was Kanye, I'd probably be like ready to go to fucking sleep. You know? <laughs> and I'd be like, I know I'm at Bonnaroo right now, but it's fucking 5 a.m. I haven't slept in 20 hours. You know, 100% correct. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right? You can see that. But For the sure. crowd was yeah. not fucking into that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> drugs and alcohol do that <laughs> <laughs> um okay so for me i do own this on vinyl 
because I was lucky enough to find it out in California. I found a used copy of it. It's is it not, hard to find Kanye records on vinyl? No, most Kanye records are not necessarily that difficult to find, but I haven't had the easiest time looking for Yeezus. Gotcha. But whenever I found it, um, I picked it up, so I was super happy about that. This is criminally low. This record should be 75. <laughs> I'm going to totally agree with you that it should be second. In, in terms of like, I haven't listened multiple, multiple times to every Kanye record, but I've listened to all of them at once, you know, I would say. Yeah. Um, and some tracks I've listened to more than others. Some albums I've listened to more than others. And from from my experience, totally agree that this should be second behind Beautiful Dark Twisted. So, and definitely that one should be, you know, pretty high. So, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that with that 75 thing. Yeah. This, this, this one's really, really good. If you like hip-hop and you don't know it, get on it. Um, it's not like normal hip-hop, though. No, this not is, at all. This is not a hip-hop record, and to me, that's the genius of it, that's the beauty of it, and that's the greatness of it. Another friend of the show, Riley Rath, who's been on the show um, twice now, right? Or was it just once? Well, how many Pixies records? <laughs> I yeah. think just once. Okay, just he's once. Getting ready, yeah, he's getting ready to come back on again, though, because I think we're getting... I think we might have the Pixies. Well, no, we have Pavement coming up next week. Well, he shot me a message, and he was like, um, I get Kanye now after listening to Jesus. He was like, I wish I, I want more uh, aggressive Kanye West. Like, most of the shit they play on, on the radio is not like this. And no. He wasn't. He legit wasn't a Kanye fan before, but now he is. This is, listen. I mean, at least of this kind. Yeah, and this is the record that turned me on to Kanye, too, because I was the same way. Kanye was almost off-putting to me, but when this record came out, it was man it just it pushed the right button with me and it really opened up my mind to be way more open to kanye and now i'm a big fan obviously is the vinyl just out of curiosity is the cover the same as as this yes because the original cd when it was released as cd just like an empty clear cd case with a little red band on it that's all it is so well and that do you know what that was a send-up to i don't remember i read it but yeah so that's a send-up to um prison because in prison, um, the only thing that they can listen to in prison are audio cassettes. But the audio cassettes are not, like, they're not printed on there. You know what I mean? They're just dubs of whatever music is out there. And so that's why he did that cover art. Because it's, it's supposed to represent the same thing. You know what gotcha. I mean? Just like a blank CD similar to what you would see in prison on a cassette tape. I think that's pretty cool. I like it. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Moving along? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 268, we have Randy Newman, Sail Away, from 1972. <clears throat> Producer Lenny Waronker called him king of the suburban blues singers. Randy Newman went on to a long career scoring Hollywood movies, but on Sail Away, he was still L.A.'s weirdest singer-songwriter, a piano man singing sardonic tales of sleazy grifters in tunes full of New Orleans R&B and Tin Pan Alley showbiz. Sail Away is his meanest and funniest American portrait with the cold-blooded political science, the blasphemous God song, and the romantic you can leave your hat on. What what did you think about this? What did you um did you enjoy this record? I'm just going to come out with my opinion right off the bat. Throw it out. I think that there are a lot of really really well-written songs on here that I actually really enjoy but they are tainted by the fact that I cannot stand Randy Newman's voice at all. <laughs> so like it basically ruins it for me. 
I mean, not, there are so, some songs that are like so good and so well written, written that they managed to like transcend that almost. But <laughs> I really don't like his voice. <laughs> some of these songs almost transcended the awfulness of his voice for you. Yeah, <laughs> close to it, but almost not, maybe not quite there. <laughs> How about you? Is that a problem for you at all or no? Um, I mean... His voice isn't the problem for me. The problem for me is that his voice is now Pixar. Yeah. And Toy Story. Yeah. And all of these songs feel cinematic in nature to me. Yeah. It, it's very theatrical, like vaudevillian at times, you know. Yeah. And for me, um, I feel like I feel like if you really want to put Randy Newman on this list because you want to celebrate his songwriting prowess, yeah, which I really don't have a problem with because no, he's great. He yeah. writes really good songs. Let's just put the first Toy Story soundtrack on here. Yeah, because I mean that's, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> that's probably as good, if not better, in terms of like a cultural touchstone than this record is. Yeah, I can see that. Because it's just, it's equally as good songwriting yeah. on the Toy Story soundtrack. Yeah, you mean You've Got a Friend in Me? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other songs. But, I mean, it's not even so much his voice as his, like, affectations that he does. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, way he, like, the way he, like, bounces through words and yeah. he does that thing where he's like, like <laughs> it sounds like his tongue's on the roof of his mouth or something. <laughs> I okay. don't even know. I mean, um, but it's too much for me. I like... <laughs> Seriously, like I, I, I'm cringing a little bit as I as I listen to it. But really, some really really good tunes. I mean, right away the very first track, great song, "Sail Away." I liked it a lot. That was probably my highest. That was my highest starred song. Gave that one four stars. What? Um, really? Yeah, I liked it. Like it was like, man, like this is a fantastic song. I really wish someone else was singing it. Um, <laughs> Lonely at the top was fun. That song kind of reminded me of like that Tom Waits album that we listened to. Yeah, a little bit, uh, yeah. like a minor key, kind of dark, like harmonic minor, uh, vaudevillian type of tune. That was like the most, uh, the most theatrical one, maybe to me. I liked the uh, horns. Yeah, they were good. I liked. I liked the last night. I had a dream. Yes, I gave that song three stars. I did too. I loved the slide guitar in there. It was like this new kind of texture that they kicked in, but um, there's that build that happens in the song too. And for the record, all of these songs are fucking short. Yeah, they're like, pretty quick, like two not, minutes. Yeah, not Minutemen short, but fucking short. It's very short, yeah. You know, so to fa to have a song that actually has a build in it, <laughs> it's like two and a half minutes long. It's pretty impressive, you know. It is. There's something, there's something there. No, I mean, he's definitely like a master songwriter. Like, these songs are well composed, you know. Yes, but there was a song on here that I gave negative four stars to. <laughs> Was it the Dancing Bear one? No, it's that fucking political science song. I get I get that that song was supposed to be... I get it that it was supposed to be kind of fun or funny. That shit was just jingoistic fucking nonsense. <laughs> and I hated it, dude. I fucking hated it so much. Yeah. You're not wrong at all. I know. I mean, musically, it's it was like terrible. a fun little jazz swing, but you're having yeah, but, a problem with the lyrically. Yeah, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. Like, I, like, you can't have, like, yeah, it's supposed to be fun, yeah. but it's not. Like, it's just some racist ash, jingoistic <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's literally like this collection of fucking <laughs> yeah. weird asshole shit to say. Yeah. 
stuff only Randy Newman would say. Yeah. Can do it. He too. wrote it. I, mean, I was yeah. super angry with that. I get that song. one, man. Yeah. Um You can leave your hat on though. That That's was fine. good. That was really good. Yeah. I, I even liked I liked the one before that actually. I like that even more. Dayton, Ohio. Um, yeah. It's not as good as the Cleveland song though. Burn on is good. Where where's that one? Uh two before Dayton, Ohio in nineteen oh three. Oh, burn on. Yeah. Yeah. From major league. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it just, his voice just kind of drives me crazy. And especially I can't stand when he tries to, when he does his falsetto, I really, really <laughs> like, yeah, I get like a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> um, I am, I deleted this from my digital and I'm not going to buy the vinyl. And I, Cause you downloaded it for the, for a flight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to put Randy Newman on here, like let's throw a toy story one and let's put it at like four seventy two or this, but throw it lit later. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of toy story one and those are probably his more, his more important songs. Like, especially just in culture as, as like, cultural like the cultural relevance Overall, of those yeah. songs relative to these yeah and yeah, they're just I'm not against and them. they're just as well written because he wrote all the songs on that yeah soundtrack, he right? wrote the whole soundtrack maybe it is on here <laughs> <laughs> what if it fucking is we're gonna laugh jokes on you motherfucker <laughs> there's two randy newman entries yeah oh, Jesus. well i do kind of hope not but <clears throat> <No>. <laughs> There probably should be one, and again, I, like I'm, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Randy Newman. I think he's a great songwriter, really good, and I yeah. even think he's a good singer. He's hitting the right notes, the right notes, and all that. It's not like he's a bad singer, like on paper, but it's just his affectations and his like vocal mannerisms that I just really can't do. So, <sighs> I'd love to hear an album of his sung by somebody else. <laughs> I think it'd be really fucking good. <laughs> okay, so for you though, how much lower are you gonna go? I mean, I'm just I'm not four seventy two is not that's not real. That's probably too low because he really is a good songwriter, but Yeah, probably between three fifty and four hundred, I think, is appropriate. I was gonna say around four hundred. Around like if you wanna go three ninety, that's fine. If you wanna go four ten, I'm not gonna argue with that either. Yeah, we're I'm not a, too far off. Yeah. I'm totally fine with celebrating him, but So I, you have no problem with his voice? Is that just me? The problem that I have with his voice is, is that, that I hear literally like it. I was thinking to myself, oh, what part of the movie is this song in? Oh, yeah. It's definitely when. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I could do that with just about, like, I could literally do that just about every, about every song, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Sail Away, like, and lyrically, I had issues. Like, lyrically, his lyrics, some of his lyrics are just fucking super like old school white privilege they are very much so you know and i mean that's his life which is fine his reality that he lived yeah that's what that's the life that he lived and i'm not i don't want to take away from that it's it is somewhat problematic though didn't age well no it didn't age well (laughs) not at all oh you know what we haven't been reading rex let's let's pull up rex yeah catch up catch us up because i don't have i do not i've got it um yeah okay rex todd He's back. Golden Hour, Casey Musgraves. I'm going to read his thoughts on that real quick. Come on, Rex. This is a sweet solemnity with a splash of melancholy in her voice. I don't know how I feel about this album, especially on the track Oh What a World 
did I hear Daft Punk on that track? You heard a vocoder voice. And that's, Definitely. He says, what the hell was that? Don't get me wrong. It's a great album. Should be closer to 375, but he still wants it on there. So yeah. That's, that's and that's saying a lot. And that's keeping it pretty high, too. I mean, yeah. honestly, he's pretty much in line with where you're at. With what I said. Yeah. yeah. Exact, about exactly what I said. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeezus, Kanye West. Haven't listened to anything by Kanye since the college series of albums he puts out. So that's college dropout and late registration and the graduation. His first three. Yep. This album seems overproduced. Thinking he's trying too hard to make Jaws drop when it comes to the instrumentals. Oh. He's so angry on this album, man. <laughs> I do love Kanye's early stuff. This album is just garbage. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Blackout by Britney Spears again. Oh my, that's not true. Did that's he exactly, really write that? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Jesus, Rex. Yeah. Jesus. That's intense, Rex. That is Man, intense. Rex, you've got to, come on. That's a ballsy assessment. You'd rather <laughs> listen to Britney Spears. Whew. Again. Okay. Yeah. Listen, everybody's got their own opinion. Rex is everybody. just wrong and shitty. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all have the right opinion. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Right. <laughs> yeah, we do love you, Rex. Okay, how about Randy Newman? Okay, Randy Newman. Um, sail away. He says, well, this is a style of music I haven't heard before. Some tracks remind me of the old Mercy, Mary Melodies cartoons. Hmm. I kind of dig it, but I'm an old soul. It's a solid album with surprising songs that I really enjoyed. Surprised Rolling Stone per, put Randy Newman on the list. Great place for it. Wow. Jesus. I love it. I love different opinions. Yeah, that's what that's what makes life interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on. Yeah, two six seven, the Minutemen's album from nineteen eighty four, double nickels on the dime. Quote: Our band could be your life. End quote. Sing the Minutemen on History Lesson Part Two, and never did a lyric better articulate punk's everyman aesthetic. Guitarist D Boone and bassist Mike Watt push each other to fast, funny, and agitated heights. They sing about everything from Vietnam to Michael Jackson and cover CCR and Steely Dan, expanding their magnum opus double LP out to forty six songs. Sadly, Boone would die a year later in a van accident. That is sad. That is sad. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. So. I was reading about the title of the album, Double Nickels on the Dime, because I was like... Because it's a great title. You pointed that out last time. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? So apparently it was a riff on Sammy Hagar, because this album came out in 1984, the same time that Sammy Hagar had released I Can't Drive 55, which was, you know, the hair metal version of flaunting their break the law type of shit. And I think it was Mike Watt that I read a quotation where he was basically saying... No, 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 no. We want to we want to show that we can drive exactly fifty five, and still say fuck you and have fun playing music. Which I thought so, that was super cute. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate the show of that too. Interestingly enough, they covered Van Halen on this album too, but not on. I don't. Did you get to hear that version that that cover of Van Halen? No. What did they cover? Well, because th I didn't hear that on my copy. Well, yeah, because. The, the one that they released digitally or on CD that was subsequently released digitally is different than the original version that was on vinyl. The The original version can only be found on vinyl. Wow. And they covered they covered a Van Halen song. I'm going to pull it up because I yeah. can't remember the, the, tra the track that it was. But um, And then we have plenty to talk about, about this album. But Yeah. This album, listen, if this album is really tricky because um, it's not the... It's not. I don't think it's the most easily accessible 
you know, but at the same time, the more that I listened to it, I found a lot to appreciate in it. It's just so much. It's a lot. And, uh, and it's really short too. So you have to, you got to fucking pay attention. Well, they're fitting 43 songs into a little bit over an hour. Yeah. So like an hour and 14 minutes are all pretty fucking short. Yeah. Um, and most of these songs, in my opinion, are not necessarily fully fleshed out songs. And I don't really mean that in a bad way. A lot of them are like fun little sketches that they, that they riffed on for a little bit and then recorded what they had. And they're like, perfect. That's a song. Let's move on. (laughs) Book it. We're moving on. Yep. (laughs) Um, but there are, for me, for me, I didn't put a ton of stars on individual songs because they were so short, but I kind of developed an overall picture and appreciation for the album as a whole. And there were a handful of songs that stood out to me. I loved Vietnam. Um, the jam in the beginning was really cool. They kind of did this little breakdown section. This is, I wrote, this is the op, this is the anti Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it definitely i'm was. here for it um yeah that, vietnam you're talking about particularly yeah or just the, okay yeah yep. and that was pretty like danceable like so they definitely broke into a little bit of that new wavy post-punk territory here for sure absolutely you know? not that I, that's all that i think it's a little bit rawer maybe than mm-hmm. uh for the, the band gang from of last four week. Why, why can i not remember that uh the gang of four we had last week was uh maybe a little bit more refined than this yes you know or more, I mean, maybe more. I don't know. I don't know if it's refined or just um, better production. Yeah, it could or a be little that. bit heavier production, I guess. Yeah, because there was a lot of shit on here that sounded super, super raw. Very much so. Um, one reporter's opinion. Put a couple stars next to that. That fucking baseline was really, really rad. I did love that one. Yeah, the, the baseline, and we talked about this a little bit before the show started. But the baseline, or the bass player in general, is like a feature of this whole album for me. Without, you know? without question, maybe the feature. You know, yeah, because even on the songs that I didn't put stars next to, there are so many songs where my notes were, "Fuck, this is a cool baseline." Yeah, or I love the way the baseline is fitting in with the guitar because there were lots of really cool guitar parts on here too. And with there being 43 songs, like at some point I had to be like, stop writing that the baseline was cool. Cause like, that's all you're going to have written for every fucking song, you know? Um, like a lot of times that was like immediately the thing that stuck out to me the most about the song was, was how cool the bass was, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, song retreat, one reporter's opinion. Um, I loved the guitar line in Corona. I don't oh, know. Oh dude, Corona is fantastic. That was my one of, I think I gave two songs five stars, and I got to see if I actually gave two five stars. You know, um, okay, no. I gave uh, I gave Corona five stars. That was my only five-star song. I gave one four and a half. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, <laughs> I gave Corona's a fantastic song, man. I really love that song. I've heard cover versions of that song, definitely, and also that song was the theme song to jackass oh that's yep and i made that yes i made that note on there too because i was like fuck i've heard this before mm-hmm. where the fuck have i heard this before you've heard that guitar line before that absolutely a little chromatic like it's almost a little bit country-ish you yes know? But it does have a weird country feel country to polka, it polka you know <laughs> yes it's a weird combo but go listen to it and tell me that's not what you hear that's <laughs> you that's know? exactly what it is it's exactly what it is um the the van halen song was ain't talking about love they covered that on their, Are on you their fucking original kidding me? vinyl release. 
Not even kidding. I would love to hear that. Is that available? So did you hear that? No. It says omitted from all CD releases. Wow. So it's there's no digital. I mean, I'm sure there's a YouTube video of it. Have to find that. Yeah. Either find the YouTube video or find the OG vinyl. Or find the vinyl. Yeah. Which, I, honestly, I'll say it now. I would buy that. If it wasn't absurdly priced, I would buy this. If Just I found it's it, a collector's I probably would. Item. Yeah. And it'd be fun to spend. And that's, I can't disagree with that because like I said, the more that I listened to it, the more that I liked it for what it was. Yeah. You know, because at least for me, I go into every record with at least the expectation that, okay, this is going to be a record filled with songs. And that's not really what this is. No. You know, it's a record filled with ideas. Yeah. It's interesting how they like put it together because I remember reading, um, something about like how did the different band members kind of chose certain ones to to contribute to and now i'm trying to find what i'm talking about here <laughs> wikipedia but <laughs> yeah so it says after recording new material each band member selected songs for different sides of the double album with the four sides named fourth that's, side named chaff that's right yeah, because like side A is called like D's side, side B is called Mike's side, C is the drummer's side, whatever his name was, and then D was the chaff side. So basically everything that was left over is what they threw onto the, the, D, the D platter. Yeah, so it sounds like they just went into the studio, recorded every fucking A idea fuck they had, stuff, and they were yeah. just like, this is your side, whatever you want to pick, you put it on there, you know? And he was like, I'll take this, and I'll take this, and I'll take this. <laughs> It's a fucking cool way to build an album. It actually is. I yeah. kind of like it. Yeah. I kind of like it too, especially if you just have this fucking massive dearth of material. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I loved uh, I loved Nature Without Man. That was another favorite tune of mine. Really, really cool guitar part. Do you where remember the, that one by chance? That's number that? 11. I gotta go this way. Towards the beginning. Yeah, you gotta yes. like... Did you check your table of contents? <laughs> 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 the drums on that are fucking wild. Yeah, they are. It's just, it's chaos, dude. Yeah. It's chaos on the drums, but. That's what I wrote. Chaotic and fun. I really loved it. Yep. I loved Maybe Partying Will Help. What a hell of a title, too. Jesus, Super dude. Fun. That fucking song is funny. I remember I texted uh, production manager Justin Jantis. I was like, for some reason, I think of you when I when I read that song <laughs> title. Maybe Partying Will Help. I don't know why. Um, the other one that I gave the most stars to, I gave four and a half stars to Jesus and Tequila. I, I fucking, fucking loved it. I just, for some reason, wasn't ready to give it that five-star marking. It was one of the only songs. Well, there were, I guess there were three songs that I put three stars next to. And that's kind of as high as I went with my stars on here. Because yeah. to me, none of these were just like standalone masterpieces. No. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I reserved like those five stars for. But um, History Lesson Part 2, that is used in the beginning of 40 Ounces to Freedom. Like, there's a sample in there. Punk rock changed my life, man. That is from History Lesson Part 2. And that's a really, that's a great song. Where it's, is that one? Um, Four songs after Corona. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah. Found it. Yeah, that one was a lot more mellow, comparatively. It was. Like, it was anti-punk punk, which is what I loved about this. Like, these guys are so punk that sometimes they just wouldn't even be punk. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're like, you know what? We're too cool for you punks. We're, we're too gonna go cool. not punk. Yeah, we're gonna go yeah. not punk for these two songs. Then the only song that I gave five stars to was Corona. Like 
I think that is a well-written song. It's got like multiple sections. It feels like they fully, it has a chorus, a very clear one that you would define as the chorus. Yeah. Whereas most of the other songs, you cannot say that about at all. It was, know? it was definitely a much more flushed out idea. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I thought it was really, really catchy. Well-written, fun a- guitar, fun, fun hooks. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. the Steely Dan cover. What'd you think about that one? Uh, Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't crazy on it. It was a ballsy move, right? Yep. For a band like this to cover Steely Dan. Fuck yeah, dude. That was ballsy as shit. Yeah, it was. Hell I mean, yeah. I didn't think it was bad. I wrote they didn't do a bad job with it at all. So as high praise as that is. <laughs> I um, loved The World According to Nouns. Yeah, that one was super fun too. Yep. I loved the verse on that one. Like It was just... <laughs> I loved the lyrics. The songwriting is just, yeah, the lyrics are fun the too. The lyrics are so fun on that. The songwriting is just really kind of atypical on this. They just like, it's almost like, like they just didn't let anything else influence them. <laughs> they just no. locked themselves in the room. They're like, we're just going to do whatever comes to our minds, you know, and like maybe we'll be influenced by other music and maybe this will just be its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it, but overall for me, um, on the on my first cold listen, like I really didn't get it, but the more I listened to it, the more I felt like I got it. The more I heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers in here, in both the guitar and the bass, like there's a ton of flea that I hear in Mike Watts' bass playing, and I hear a ton of John yep. Frusciante in the guitar. Just yeah. like the tone and the sound, and then even the style, you know, like stylistically, like Frusciante, I felt like he does a lot of things that these guys were doing. They're doing it on a much grander scale, obviously, because they're, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are putting together songs. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to keep comparing these guys to the Gang of Four, but I found it pretty similar. Like, um, especially the guitar and the bass, like the roles. Because, like, the bass on the Gang of Four was really kind of leading the band, Mm -hmm. keeping everything tied together. And that was really the case here, too. Like, the bass was maybe even a little bit more, like, sporadic and experimental with Minutemen. Yeah. Like, a little more off the A little bit more plain. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more playful. But uh, still, most of the time, he was kind of the one holding everything together. And the guitar player was very dissonant. Mm -hmm. Like, not really playing, like, stuff that is going to, like, like not playing catchy guitar in any no. way, you know. It's, it's not like guitar. Very, it's not guitar forward. No, does that it's make like sense? It's like rhythmic um, texture elements, you know, and not so much like yeah, not guitar forward, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of. I mean, I feel like the Chili Peppers do that a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, and Gang of Four. I agree with you. It's fascinating that they're so close together. Yeah, they're very close together. I think they're very comparable, and just them being close. Yeah. Um, which one would you put higher? Personally, I would probably like I enjoyed Gang of Four more just because even on that first listen, there was stuff that I really, really became attached to with Gang of Four. But like I was saying with this, the more that I've listened to it, the more that I appreciate what they're doing. And I don't know that I don't know that I've listened to this record enough or Gang of Four for that matter to be to have a really strong opinion one way or the other. I'm not upset with them the way that they are, though. Me neither. Because I think if I spent more time with this Minuteman, yeah, I think it would just, it's like a mold. It Might would just open continue to grow on me. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Um, I kind of liked it. I mean, I think this album is an accomplishment, if nothing else. I mean, it's 43 <laughs> ideas. And uh, 
some of them are really really good and yeah it's just it's it's cool little snapshot they obviously had fun in this in the studio but i mean there was some very high praise for this album like um just straight from wikipedia here it says doubles double nickels on the dime is, is seen not only as minutemen's crowning achievement but according to critic mark deming one of the very best american rock albums of the 1980s yeah that's that going seems, that's going pretty hard in the paint that is going way hard in the paint <laughs> i was just kind of ex- yeah oh when i read that i think i read that after the first cold listen that i did and, I was and like, you were wow, like huh i really did not get this <laughs> i need to go back to it and like i still don't know uh, i like it more but i don't know if i'm on that same page as that guy <laughs> do you think you would become moldy with this too do you think you think if you do you think if you forced yourself to swallow this 10 more times i think that, so yeah. i think so too i think i think honestly after two more listens the songs that i like would probably grow um intensely yeah. you know what i mean the songs that i've already thought are really good i think that my love for those songs could expand immensely and the songs that initially i'm like eh, i don't really get it maybe there's more that i could be like for yeah, sure no cool. i 100 percent feel that way because there were like there was a couple tunes that as i listened to i listened to this one three times i think all the way through jesus and, did you really yeah wow. and uh like a couple of them like i didn't notice the first time around and then i started to think you know what that's a really nice even though it only has like one part for this whole song and the song is 45 seconds long it's a, it's really, a really, really good, good little part. part you know yeah it almost reminds me of like watching like a Coen Brothers movie, like watching The Big Lebowski. You notice a little bit more each time. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it, and I and I would tend to agree with you. So I'm probably, I think I'll go back. I think I'll go back for more. Yeah, maybe I think I will whole, too. Maybe not in whole pieces, but especially when I got long drives. Yeah, I'll I'll put this on again on a long drive. Yeah, I Although think I'm a Minuteman fan. Yeah, <laughs> I think I am too. So it'll be fun. Yeah, should we see what Rex has to say? Absolutely. Okay. This will be good. He says, holy shit, look at the track entry on this, track list on this entry. 43 tracks. What the fuck? <laughs> How many albums is this? Three or four of them? What is this? Music? Acid jazz? <laughs> punk? The world may never know. The sound is all over the place. It's a pretty righteous listen. Great spot on the list for this one. Wow. So he's in. I guess, yeah, as I was reading that, I wasn't sure if he was going to say that, but then he closed out with great spot on the list. So, yeah, yeah he likes it. Yeah, grew on him like a mold. Good deal. Exactly. <laughs> Should we move on to the final record for this Let's, week because I re- yeah because I really want to talk about this one. Cool. I've got stuff to. I've got I've got opinions to collect. You got beef primarily from you. Okay. Cool. No, I don't think so. You want to read it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. From 1965, uh, next album we're going to talk about 266. The Beatles help. Uh, Rolling Stone says the Mop Top second movie was a swinging London goof, but the soundtrack included the classics You've Got to Hide Your Love Away and Ticket to Ride, as well as the lovely I've Just Seen a Face. And of course, Paul McCartney's Yesterday, recorded without the help of any other Beatles, became the most widely covered song in pop music history. Mm -hmm. The sense of confidence and possibility paved the way for the Beatles' next stop, Rubber Soul. And even one or more of these tunes were featured on Rubber Soul, right? I feel like there's... I don't... One or two that was... Is that right? I could be wrong. I want to say there was, though. I thought that some of the songs that they had recorded during these sessions... That Got they cut didn't from put, this one? Yeah, they didn't put them on help, so they put them on Rubber Soul because they didn't necessarily like how they were recorded. Gotcha. They didn't... The idea wasn't completely done, I think, is what I remember from that being the case with this. Gotcha. But here's the thing. Like, this is kind of... 
it's a weird transitionary record, I think, from just uber poppy Beatles, which I have to say is not my favorite music to listen to, into what can arguably be some of my absolute most favorite music to listen to, which would be drugged out Beatles. Sergeant Peppers and stuff like that. It, listen, Rubber Soul, like Rubber they, were, Soul too. they were definitely on drugs when they made yeah. Rubber Soul. <laughs> and then the drug usage just became better and the music got better. And you think they were starting to experiment during help a little bit? <sighs> maybe they were dabbling. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Um, it didn't come through in terms of the experimentalness no. that yeah, the music right. starts to take on. Although. Although um, this is the first record where they started fucking around with the keyboards. Oh, and, yeah. And sure. it's only a couple of songs, you know, but the songs that they do have the keyboard in, I actually really, really like it. How many five-star songs do you have? Um, Yesterday. That's it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've got more. My pop- Okay, but listen, but I do have, okay, so I gave four stars to help. I love it. It's poppy, it's catchy, but it's really good, right? The the harmonies on it are spectacular, and it's it's yeah, it's just a good theme song, right? Um, Turn your love away is fucking wonderful. I gave that four stars, and I love that like or hydro. You got to hide hide your love love away. away. Yeah, yeah. It's like a six eight, right? Or is it a three four? It's a six eight. Okay, it is a six eight. Yeah. And I love like I love the threes. I love the time signature. I love the feel of it. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. That's a five star for me. Um just the lyrics even, you know? Like yeah. I love it. Yeah. And uh just the it's so simple. It's like four chords, but the what they do with it, just killer. Um that was a five star for me. Ticket to ride, gave it five stars. Classic Beatles tune. Hard it not is, to. Yeah, I three stars. It's a great song, right? But it's not my favorite version of the Beatles. Yeah. No, it's not my favorite either. But like, even like the shitty Beatles is still like five-star songs sometimes. Yes. Um, I've Just Seen a Face gave that one five stars. And then Yesterday gave five stars. Yesterday is like, I mean, if I would have, if I was given six, seven, eight stars yesterday. I mean, Yesterday is one of the best songs ever written. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's timeless and it's beautiful. Gorgeous fucking melody. It's thoughtful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's everything that you want. Um, I gave a couple stars to You're Gonna Lose That Girl. Um, that was a fun song. Um, Tell Me What You See, I gave a couple of stars to. And The Night Before, I gave a couple of stars to. I love The Night night Before. I gave that one a few stars. Um, the, uh, some, some of the tunes on this definitely felt a little fillery, you know? And that's... The um the early Beatles to me was was very simplistic and highly formulaic. Yeah. And that's that's I mean, some listen, some you just have to admit, right? Man, these are really, really good songs. Very good songs. Well, it's the Beatles. So I mean, even their version of like shitty filler is better than a lot of music, you know? Yeah. I just feel like once you get to rubber soul and then beyond, there's very little filler you know what i mean every song is unique every song is intricate and filled with incredible lush layers storytelling songwriting and at that point they had already kind of i mean 
the thing was, they were just, they were the fucking Beatles at that point. You know, after like 1965, like John Lennon said, they were bigger than Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, And they could do whatever they wanted. They could do they whatever wanted. they wanted. So they're not going to fuck, they're not trying to prove anything to anybody at that point. They can put a lot more, you know, they can play what they want, you know? Yeah. And um, just because we were talking about this within the context of this conversation, that's what I think makes Jesus so great. Because it's a very unconventional rap album that he couldn't do. Like, that could not have been his first. His debut, yeah. That could not have been his first record. Because the label would have dropped him. They wouldn't have even fucking made the record. <laughs> they would have listened to that tape and been like, I tell you what, why don't you get the fuck out of my office and never come back? <laughs> yeah. You know, and so you can only take the most wild experiments. Like, the highest risk gives you the highest reward. And you're only able to take that type of risk after you've established yourself. And you're right. You know, Once that's why the later Beatles. Status, you know yeah. what I mean? Once you know? you're bigger than Jesus. Yeah. Right? Once you're bigger than Jesus. But I still like it. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I gave several songs five stars. And then there are a bunch of songs that I gave one or none because fillery, you know, yeah. for sure. I hate to say it, but like, um, I need you. It's okay. I like the, like, I like the, the guitar style on it. That was actually a George Harrison tune. So I hate to do that because I like George Harrison. But uh, that he wrote that one. But uh, be, be beyond his his style on the electric that he was doing that with this, he, did, he had a volume pedal. A volume thing. pedal. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote, I couldn't tell if it was, I wrote, is that volume manipulation or is that a wah? Because volume, sometimes yeah. a wah can have. It can approximate. Yeah. But, kinda. But that was definitely volume. And yep. it was cool. That, but that's really the only thing that stuck out about it. Like uh, lyrically pretty basic you know like pretty much basic love song like boring love song <laughs> tropes that they, yeah like they just basically could have pulled it out of a hallmark card um you're gonna lose that girl didn't hate it but wasn't crazy about it um act naturally it was kind of fun that was kind of a fun one it was fun to hear ringo sing um but it was just a basic little country tune you know it's like not so silly yeah it's just silly but it was fun to hear ringo sing so i kind of like that um it's only love it was okay that song reminded me, the verse reminded me of uh, For the Benefit of Mr. Kite <clears throat> off of Sgt. Pepper's. If you go back and listen to the verse of that with that in mind, I bet you hear it. Yeah. So for me, like way more fleshed out later on, mm -hmm. cut this one out. Um, you like me too much, just okay, you know? I mean, I'm giving those like maybe a star, but. Yeah, and that's you know. what I did with You Like Me Too Much. I mean, I like the keyboard in the background. Like there's a ton of it, and I do like that texture added in because that's. I think that's the start of what they really, you know, <clears throat> kind of started. To yeah. Do when more. they become their own, you know, is once you start adding in all these different textures. So. Also, not that I didn't like Dizzy Miss Lizzie, but that's a crazy fucking decision. Like you could have ended your record with yesterday. That's like one of the best fucking songs of all time. Yep. And you're like, you know what? We need this 12 bar blues <laughs> at the end. Yeah, We need you know? this basic bitch blues pop song. So yeah. let's go ahead and throw that bad dog on there. Yeah fucking terrible that was that was a weird decision don't you think i um i dig it when john does like the rock star vocals yeah which he definitely I mean? does on that one and he yeah. yeah he he totally goes rock star on it which i dig that but fuck that song <laughs> i wrote you know it's pretty straight up blues rock song fun 12 bar blues i mean they do it well of course because they're the fucking beatles but put it as like the third song not the last song yeah you know well and especially not after yesterday yeah that, like, that could have been your last song on the record. You yeah, know? that would have been a hard closer. Tell me this, though. So this is the second Beatles album. 
What do you think about this relative to Let It Be? Like, do you like Let It Be being the first Beatles album, or would you rather see a poppy Beatles album come first on the list? As much as I hate uh, Phil Spector's contributions to Let It Be, I would put that higher than this for sure. Yeah. Okay. You too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you swap those two, like, if you literally swap these two, I would be perfectly happy with that, but... Spoiler alert, next week we have Hard Day's Night coming up. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely put Let It Be above Hard Day's Night, too. I probably would, too. Would For you this, put Help above Hard Day's Night? I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with it. Okay. Yeah. So well, we'll talk about that next week. But uh, yep. yeah, I mean, this definitely belongs, sure. you know, as do most of the Beatles records. But this, this could be lower and definitely Let It Be would be higher, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm in for the swap. Yeah. I'm in for the uh, for the help. Let it be swap for right now until we get to next week, and then it's going to be the you know swap, hard days night and help for let it be. It's going to be interesting to see who has more records on this list: the Beatles or Kanye West. Hmm. But if you go based on pure percentage, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be the Beatles. Well, it's a big star. Because it's a hundred percent. Hey, I know you don't like them, but that's just a fact. They that's have a hundred percent of their hundred percent of their albums are on the list of the greatest five hundred albums of all time. Yeah, I mean they probably have the highest percentage, unless there's anybody that just released one record that's on this list. That's but, on this list. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck Big Star. <laughs> fuck them hard. Uh, let me read Rex, yeah. and then we'll preview next week. How about that? Let's do it because he loves help. He does love I can it. Imagine. Yeah. His first comment is hells to the yeah. He <laughs> says, I love the music from the early years of the Beatles. It's what I grew up on. It's what I love. It's not their strongest album, but it harkens back to the Sullivan years. They do a cover of Act Naturally by Buck Owens. The song applies well to this album. However, the Buck the Buck Owens original to myself is a song that shouldn't be touched. That's just my opinion. Mm. Over the course of the album, you can see the evolution of their music. It's something you may realize as you get deeper and deeper into the record. Great place on the list. Hmm. I'd be curious to hear his thoughts on the uh, let it be question. Yeah. You know. Rex, when you listen to this, let us know uh, what you think about this relative to let it be. And I mean, obviously you said it's a good spot on the list. So I guess my question to you is, did you like where let it be was or would you like to see let it be higher than this? And I'm assuming he probably wants this higher because he said right there that he grew up on the early Beatles. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. That was what he loves. Yeah. Sergeant Peppers has to be the highest one, right? Yeah. That's my guess for sure. No. Maybe Abbey Road. I think Abbey Road's higher. I mean, it's probably not high. Sergeant Peppers is probably higher than Abbey Road, but Sergeant Peppers is my favorite Beatles. Abbey Road's your favorite Beatles, right? Yes. Yeah. I yeah, I would personally put Abbey Road above Sergeant Peppers, but they're really, really close. I'm just trying to think of what we have left. We have like obviously Robert Soul, we have the White Album, we have Abbey Road, we have Sergeant um, Peppers. Well, and we, we also have submarine. um what's the one with Eleanor Rigby on it? Revolver. Fucking revolver is gonna be on this list. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, we got a lot of fucking Beatles. Probably more still. than Kanye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's look at next week. Yeah. Um, first album next week at number 265, 1995, Pavement's second entry on the list, Wowie Zowie. Now, Pavement could be a band that could rival Big Star. <laughs> yeah. How many records do they have, do you know? I think they only have three. Oh, wow. We'll have to see. Yeah, we will have if to they see. they have 66.6 repeating, or if they have 100%, <laughs> we will see. 264 is our, is this our second or first Pink Floyd? It's our first. First Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here 
Bold choice for the bottom. Now, we have talked about a Pink Floyd record on the podcast because yeah. we did Animals as the snub. Yeah. Um, but, man, I love Wish You Were Here, and I'm a little surprised we're already getting to it. Me too. But I'm happy. Uh, number 263, what we were just talking about, Hard Day's Night from the Beatles. 262 is New Order, Power, Corruption, and Lies. Have no clue. Me neither. Yeah. That'll be interesting. And then the last thing that we're going to talk about next week, Oh, smoke show of a conversation. Number 261 is Check Your Head from the Beastie Boys, 1992. Great fun, fun. fucking record. Hell yeah. All right. Um, should be back on Monday again next week, I yeah. think. We might be settling into Mondays. We we'll might see. be settling into Monday routines, yeah, with in, in the post-COVID world. We're, we're figuring this out. But either way, thanks for listening. Yes. And we will talk to you next week. Goodbye, guys. Mm-hmm. This list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks. Adios, amigos.